0: A listener exclusive.
1: From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warragul, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Welcome to another episode of Talking Gippsland. Today we head out to the island, Phillip Island, the home of the fairy penguins. Gorgeous beaches and some whale watching, but it's also the home of motorsport. In particular, the MotoGP and the two-wheel variety the famed motorcycle. Legends have graced this circuit. McDoan, Wayne Gardner and Casey Stoner, just to name a few. Today we take a walk through the museum at the Phillip Island Circuit and catch up with Talia Blackman. Hear her story, her passion for bikes and why you and the family have got to get down there and have a look. This is Talking Gippsland. Kick back, relax, enjoy a little bit of history of the famed circuit that is Phillip Island. Talia, great to catch up with you. Um, The home of motorsport in many ways, there's no doubt about that. Bathurst might question it, but being a Victorian, no. Um, This is where it's all about. And you've got a wonderful display here at the museum. Thanks for joining us today. And let's go for a wander. First things first, is motorsport a passion of yours? Because, I mean, obviously you... You're here at the visitor Centre, you're here on the Island Circuit as well. Where, where does your passion lie when it comes to motorsport?
0: Uh, I would get that from my dad. He was a rally driver back in the day and he's also a scrutineer um, with the Victorian Scrutineer Panel. Has had a lot to do with this track here and our local auto racing club, Pyark, and also has worked at the Formula Ones for about 30 years, so... Definitely in the blood.
1: As with everything in motorsport, it's all family, family, family (laughs) as well. Speaking to a lot of people in motorsport, whether it be the bikes or the V8s or the Formula 3s or even the rally car drivers... Everyone's involved at a very young age. No, that was before my time. He was into
0: the (laughs) scrutineering and things like that by the time that I came
1: along, so. What's some of the highlights that you have every single day you come to work? I'm assuming everything's a new day. We've got events back, which is fantastic, I think. But when it comes to the history of this place, what what do you get mesmerised about?
0: Just the little tidbits that we hear from people who have been here for a very long time. We have visitors come through the Visitor's Centre that actually had things to do with building the track in 1952 all the way through to 56. Um, And then there's little anecdotes from visitors over the years like people who've been sitting on the side of the dam when a plane crashed into it. All little things like that. It's just the characters that come through the door are the best bit.
1: There are some quirky stories, no doubt. Um, When we talk about finding the relics and the history as well, is it easy to find? Is it easy to go, right, this is where I want this on display and and knowing where to put these certain artefacts as well?
0: We kind of have our museum broken down into sections, so we've got the really early artefacts and relics and things like that and most of these have been donated by families over the years um, and then we go all the way through to Arc and MotoGP and... Um, and things like that, and it's all just split up and we find the bits that would have the most interest to people are the ones that are on display and we actually have a huge storeroom that is filled with things that we just don't have room to display.
1: Are you looking to expand the museum then?
0: I would love to be able to expand the museum. Not on the cards at the moment, I don't think, but hopefully in the next few years we can do that.
1: There's always something going on down here at Phillip Island from projects and I know we're only a little bit away from MotoGP again here at Phillip Island. We hear about how musicians and theatre goers and the arts industry was impacted uh, by COVID. Sports industry was majorly impacted as well in that everything shut down. Yep. How did that affect you guys here at Phillip Island and the circuit itself?
0: Because you weren't allowed to have certain numbers of people around, track activity and race meetings and things like that basically stopped completely. Uh, we had couldn't run our go-karts for about six months all up out of the two years uh, and it just it was a struggle, um, but it's all bouncing back now, which is good.
1: With a major event like that and the holes that were put on this, and it's such a big boon, not only for Victoria, but also the tourism sector of this wonderful island that is Phillip Island. Mm-hmm. How was the community during that time?
0: Well, they were a little bit flat, um, but they still, they rallied together and looked after each other, which was really good. Um, And when we did, when the borders all opened up again, they definitely welcomed the visitors with open arms again.
1: With the history that we're looking at at the moment, you're covering everything. I think when we think of Philabine, we think of the two wheels, but the four wheels have been as profound here as ever as well. Um, How do you go about managing that balance as well when it comes to motorsport?
0: it's, it's really just who decides to come down. Um, when the track actually started in 1928, it wasn't here. It was a road circuit and it actually started with the four wheels um, and it was a six-mile circuit. So motor racing on the island was started by cars uh, and it wasn't until 1989 when the MotoGP first came here that it...
1: Is it, is it the bikes? Is it, is it a helmet? Is it a, is it a jacket? What, what is the one artefact that when you're coming down to Phillip Island you just want to sink your teeth into and just go, oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now. It's behind glass, but that's it.
0: Well, it would have to be our Valentino Rossi bike that we have here. Cool. It's his first world championship bike, and it's part of our collection of Aprilias that we actually own, um, and we also own a large collection of Kajiva bikes as well. But it's the Rossi bike that everyone comes to see.
1: Are we able to have a look at it?
0: Absolutely. It's All just right. around the corner here.
1: All right. Beautiful. Uh, so Talia's taking us a walk through. We've got a beautiful history here lined up on a calendar of events. Of course, when I first got into motorsport, it was in the early 90s, late Late eighties, early nineties, Gardner, Wayne Rainey, and these wonderful uh, Moto CC bikes that were just churning up the track. And now, as I walk into this gallery of magnificent vehicles and bikes, I'm starting to get a little bit of tingles here as well, which is fantastic. I mean, well,
0: we do have Gardner's leathers there as well, so there is championship—that's his championship wearing leathers and his helmet as well. And
1: and he's got the mullet going. Is that Barnsey?
0: It is Barnsey in that one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's it. I mean, music and motorsport, it just goes hand in hand as oh, well. Absolutely. Do you try and engulf that nowadays when it comes to these events here at Phillip Island? That if you've got these beautiful bikes and the wonderful event it is when it comes to motorsport, mm-hmm. encouraging musicians as well to be a part of these events as well? Is that sort of where you want to go?
0: We, we do a little bit. We normally have a um, band for our campground so that we have live musicians here or a DJ. And a lot of the. Places on the island, so the hotels and things like that, will have live events over MotoGP weekend, so they definitely bring that in as well.
1: The gallery, oh, I'm amazed at seeing Gardner's uh, <laughs> suit here, this is absolutely fantastic, you get, I'm giggling like a little schoolboy here, it's uh, absolutely amazing as well. And just looking at these machines in beautiful condition, yep. who's responsible for making these look as good as what they are because I'm sure, sure dust would arise on these machines every now and then. Who does this?
0: Uh, so our facility services guys, Josh in particular, he yep. comes through every two weeks and he polishes all these bikes and these cars and keeps them in spectacular condition. And we also have a group that comes through and services them to get them back up into running condition.
1: You've got to make sure that you're not mixing these things up now. Kajivas. Yes.
0: And Aprilia's. Right. Okay. So they're definitely not
1: mixed. don't mix them up. No, don't mix them up. Because no, people are very up. upset, very and upset.
0: This is our star piece. This is Rossi's first championship winning bike. This is his 125.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? it it's not a big bike.
0: No, it's quite a small one
1: but, compared to what he rides now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a big bike. And he's a small man as well. He, he you is, know, He's not yeah. a big man as well. How did you get this bike?
0: <laughs> so this one was actually sold as part of this collection. Right. Um, and these Aprilias are all part of Rossi's team. Um, and Lin Fox generously um, gave us a certain amount of money to buy a collection and that's when what we spent on this collection and the Kajibas as well.
1: It's outstanding. It's amazing. Um, it really is. and the history behind it. That's his first win. I mean it, and it he, is
0: his first World Championship bike.
1: He went on to have so much success. We know that mm-hmm. as well. And I think when Dewan retired, we were thinking, well, is anyone going to eclipse him? He did <laughs> uh, quite greatly. <laughs> he um, did. And we were like, oh, no, Australians, we're dominating this sport as well. But when we see passion like that and the Italian fans and the Spanish fans yep. and all these wonderful Europeans that come over here, the pilgrimage is amazing. But that's the bike. That's the one. That's the an, bike. Is that your favourite, though? No, surprisingly. Okay, that's <laughs> what I wanted to know. What's the one that you love?
0: My favourite, actually, yes. is one of the ones over here. We've got a Royal Enfield over here, Yes. That um, it got donated to the circuit. So that's my favourite one. It's over in the corner
1: here. Okay, well, let's have a look at this and just tell us the reason why this one here, it is an old school bike. It of is course. from
0: 1946.
1: Love it. Yeah. What, what, what captures your imagination here? Why?
0: Just the fact that they're still, well, the fact that it's still in running condition, but also they still build them this way now. Yeah. Um, so you can still buy a Royal Enfield of this model at this point in time. It's They've the stood the test
1: of, of time. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, is there? I, and, I mean, this is the thing, you know, you got obviously the Norton sitting right side by side with it and then you see the transition as you go yeah. walking through. It's a motorbike, so do you think the safety has changed at all? Possibly. I'd say the safety side of it has, but... What about the comfortability of the bike? Because that doesn't look too comfortable No, it doesn't to look too comfortable, but
0: then again, to me, bikes don't look comfortable at all. No, they so... don't. No, they don't.
1: There's, as we see the transition, the Kawasaki sitting there, look, you can tell that's... <laughs> That 1970s bike, (laughs) aren't you? With the bubble shape starting to come in and and things like that. The colour schemes, does that go into it or is it date? How do you arrange these bikes?
0: These ones are mostly done by date, um, by their age. Uh, These three here were actually owned by Ken Wooten, who was a very famous rider in Australia, Um, and his family has donated them to us over the years. But yeah, definitely arranged by age. Colours don't come into it.
1: (laughs) Are all these bikes still in working condition or are they all, right, Nope, that's it, we've done the oil change and that's it, that's the end of them?
0: Some of them are still in working condition, some of them aren't. Um, We have tried to keep them in the condition that they were given to us, um, which is why we're working through and our collection, we are servicing them all and we've got a group that are coming down and taking one bike every couple of weeks and switching it out and doing those up.
1: It's a magnificent collection as well. Are they like me? Get that giddy as a schoolboy sort of feel? Because Yeah. yeah. Motorsport enthusiasts, I think there is a real passion. I'm never allowed to ride one, according to my partner in crime. Um, And that's fair enough. As a father of three kids, I understand that. Maybe the midlife crisis will hit me at, at 50. But at the same time... There's something about it, isn't there? There's this aura about the two-wheelers.
0: There is. There is. And given how fast they go and you're only on two wheels, um, our current record down the main straight is 384 k's. So, and that was on two wheels. It's just mind-boggling that people yeah. can let themselves go that fast with so little between them and the tarmac.
1: So. Are you a fan of getting on the bike? No.
0: No, I'm four wheels all the <laughs> way
1: for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, for safety purposes, I think it is. And that's probably the other thing... Why we glorify these men and women that do get on the two wheelers in that we know how dangerous it is. Mm. I I know when I walked through and I was looking up at the big screen and there was a crash that had happened here on this circuit and you go, wow, they are going quickly and it is dangerous. And all they're wearing is just a a leather suit, a helmet and hoping that the wind doesn't take them somewhere
0: else. <laughs> Pretty much. And a whole lot of training to learn how to fall yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's true, isn't it? The, the skills and the training involved with it as well. Yep. When it comes to the circuit itself, Um, What sort of avenues do you provide when it comes to, say, you know, amateurs wanting to use the circuit? Are Mm -hmm. they allowed to use the circuit at all?
0: They can. They can go through a group called Phillip Island Ride Days. Um, They're a a group that hires a circuit from us and they run a couple of days every month. So people can bring their own bikes, pay a certain amount of money, and they get taught how to ride them safely and properly.
1: So there is a chance for people to get out on the track, the fame track. Absolutely. Uh, Talia, it's been great to catch up with you today and take us through memory lane in a lot of ways as well. If there's one thing that you want someone to get out of Phillip Island, one thing when it comes down to the circuit here, what do you want them to take away from their time here at Phillip Island?
0: I think just the history behind it. It is a 70-year-old track now, um, and it's still running just as strong as it did when it got built. Just the enthusiasm of the people who are here and who built it in the first place.
1: Talia, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for giving up some of your time. I know you're busy as a bee with MotoGP around the corner. Yeah, look, you've made this little schoolboy very happy today, so thank you for
0: that. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Listener Production.